0: Hi everyone, Kat and Liz here, and before our official episode starts, we want to talk to you about May being Mental Health Month.
1: Unless this is your first Real Job Talk episode, you've heard us talk about self-care, prioritizing mental health, caring for your fellow employees by checking in with them, and following your energy towards what brings you joy.
0: We believe in taking care of yourself in order to bring your best self to work every day. But since it's Mental Health Month, we want to highlight the importance of doing what you need to do to make sure you're developing into the best self you can be. This has been a super trying year for everyone, between the pandemic, issues around racial and gender inequalities, political unrest, and general uncertainty about the future of our workplaces, our nations, and our world.
1: We want to take this opportunity to let you know that we care about you. If you're struggling, look into resources that can help you. Your company may have an ERP program. Your doctor may have recommendations. And there are great online mental health resources like betterhelp.com at reasonable prices. If you're feeling stuck in your career and it's getting you down, reach out to a coach or to us. We do coach together for a bargain $150 a session. But whomever it is, make sure to reach out to someone to help you get unstuck.
0: Maybe you need to take more breaks in your day find hobbies that bring you joy or spend more time with friends and family. Maybe you need better work-life boundaries or a clearer calendar. Maybe you need to find more meaning in your life so that you can connect that meaning back to help motivate you to do what you need to do. Mm -hmm. We're here to support you and encourage you to take care of yourself so that you can be better in both work and life. We care about you and we wish you health in May and throughout the year. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Real Job Talk, the podcast about jobs, careers, and what's not said at the water cooler. I'm Kat Troyer.
1: And I'm Liz Bronson. Hey, Liz. Hello, Kat. So today
0: we are super excited to welcome a very special guest, Mary Abijay. Mary's a speaker, consultant, and trainer who works with managers and teams to create productive workplaces. She also teaches at the university and postgraduate level, speaks at numerous conferences, and is an active volunteer. Mary is the CEO of the Career Stone Group and author of Managing Up, How to Move Up, Win at Work, and Succeed with Any Type of Boss. We invited Mary here today to talk about how to manage up effectively, especially in this remote first environment that we're all finding ourselves in. Welcome, Mary. Please tell
2: us a little bit about yourself. Oh, God. First of all, I'm thrilled to be here. So thank you, Kat. Thank you, Liz, for the invitation. I love the fact that you talk about real talk, real work, real jobs, not like high in the sky, fluting stuff, like what's the stuff really look like in the trenches? Uh, so I'm Mary. I live in Washington, D.C., and uh, I am passionate about helping people have successful work lives because, ladies, Most of us spend most of our waking hours at work, so those should be good hours, great hours, the best hours even, not the worst wah, wah, wah hours of your life. So I like to think that in my own little way, I can help make the world a better place by making the workplace a better place.
0: That's awesome. Welcome, welcome.
1: Cool. Mary, we've had quite an interesting last, I don't know, 12 plus months. Um, Tell us, what are you seeing today as the biggest challenges in today's corporate work environments?
2: Oh my goodness. Well, I think, you know, it is the elephant in the room that everybody sees and talks about. It is of course the uh, sudden shift into virtual work, mm-hmm. you know, this whole like work from home thing. is wreaking havoc on people's schedules. It is isolating people. It is challenging from the morning we wake up until the, we go to bed. People's emotions are all over the place. And I think one of the biggest challenges was the fact that many managers We're not prepared or ready to manage remotely. Right, ladies? Because before the pandemic, the middle managers were all like, remote work? Oh, I don't trust these people. Uh Work from home. No, no, no. Work can't be done from home. And now suddenly, everybody's trying to figure it out. So employees are trying to figure it out. Managers are trying to figure out. Organizations are trying to figure out. And so it is, I think, been a really challenging, interesting, and illuminating year.
1: Hmm. I totally agree. And I feel like everyone is, the word juggle is like the only thing, you know, so people are figuring out how do I work remote? How do I do the, my job in a remote environment without my peers around me? But also a lot of people are juggling families. I never had a homeschool before. You know, we have all the people have elderly parents, all kinds of things that they have to juggle that they didn't in the normal world. And so, and then work doesn't stop. Right. And then if you have a manager that like doesn't get it and doesn't understand that now all of a sudden you've got a one and a three-year-old at home that you've got to take care of 24 seven, like there's just this, how do I communicate what's going on with me without getting fired because I'm doing my best to keep everything together.
2: Yeah, that's right. You know, we all, well, we shouldn't say we all, but many of us figured out how to manage up, how to manage that relationship mm-hmm. with our bosses mm-hmm. when we were co-located in the same space and maybe yes. we we're doing all right, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe it was working, maybe it wasn't. But then when you shift the game, even those people that had a really solid take on how to do this, now they have to relearn how to do it yep. because your boss may be managing in a whole different style than they did before. It's really kind of a learning process for everybody and, of course, you lay on the also had to figure out how to deal with your colleagues. It has really been a fascinating time.
1: And managers are dealing with it too, because it's not just employees that all of a sudden are doing pandemic work at home, which is not the same as normal work at home, but now your manager is doing the same thing. So all of a sudden that manager that could kind of turn off the home life and turn on the work life now has it all surrounding them. And maybe Mm -hmm. they don't have time to care about what Jimmy needs or Jimmy's career growth because they're barely holding on to their own stuff. You're so right.
2: In the very beginning of the pandemic, we did a lot of work with managers around Mm -hmm. here's how you need to manage remotely. We talked about, you know, learning how to manage by results, you know, this Mm -hmm. sort of thing, stay connected, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I was doing something for a global financial firm and I was talking to the senior leaders and they were like, you know, we're really scared. We don't know that we can do this well, you know? And so I think for employees, as you're looking at your manager and you're beginning the process of managing up virtually, don't forget to have a little of empathy. Your leader may act like they've got it all going on. But from our experience, from our conversations with leaders, they're nervous too. They want to be effective. They want to be good managers and they're not sure how they can juggle everything and how they can really be an effective leader and manager. Mm -hmm. So a little bit of grace and a little bit of Mm -hmm. empathy
0: can go a long way. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the silver linings that this whole pandemic has given us is that there's just a little bit more room for humanity uh, in the workplace, right? Because, I mean, how many of us have seen children pop up or pets, right, <laughs> pop up into the, onto the Zoom screen, right? Mm-hmm. And that's just part of life. And we're doing the best we can. And the really great managers get that.
2: Mm-hmm. And I love that cat because it's hard to totally hate your boss when you see their adorable little shih tzu climb up to their lap, right? Or their little three-year-old dude like, I love you on the screen. Like, you know, it's hard it's hard not to kind of like them and think, mm-hmm. oh, you know, there's just a human being too right. when you see that. And that, that can go far. Yeah, mm-hmm. goes really far. Mm-hmm. You know, because when we talk about managing up, whether it's virtual or in person, I really want people to understand that managing up isn't about sucking up, it's Mm-mm. not about being a sycophant, it's not about licking someone's boots, it's really <laughs> about right or being a patsy, it's really mm-hmm. about managing that relationship and mm-hmm. making sure that relationship is working well for you for your boss and for the organization. So that's really what I want people to understand. It's not just about just kowtowing to a boss.
0: It's managing to create a productive and positive relationship. Absolutely. It's knowing who your boss is and making sure that you're managing up in the way that's going to work best for both of you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And understand that we
2: can't change that person. Like, we may not like the way they operate. We may be annoyed by their, you know, by their preferences, their priorities, but we're not going to change them. So all we can do is really figure out how we can adapt, right? What we can do to uh, make the best of that relationship. Because it's our career that matters. And it's our career that's going to falter if we can't figure it out.
0: Absolutely. Well, let's go to the basics here. And if you can start by telling us what your definition of managing up is and what traits you see across people who you believe do it most effectively.
2: So yeah, so managing up is all about managing that relationship mm-hmm. that you and making a concerted effort too, especially when that person has a different level of power than you do, a different perspective, different experience, different priorities, uh, preferences, pet peeves. You know, it's about understanding that that manager has a lot of influence over your career trajectory. We can't change them. So it's really in the power of us to figure out how what we can do a little more of, a little less of, a little differently. And I think people that do it well are people, that have a couple of qualities. One, they understand that the ability to adapt your style of interacting with others is really a valuable trait it doesn't mm-hmm. make you wishy-washy it doesn't make you less authentic it makes you stronger because the world is full of people sometimes kinds difficult people and the more that we can empower ourselves to be flexible and to be mm-hmm. adaptable uh, is only going to help us especially when we become leaders because everybody wants their manager or leader to see their unique self and mm-hmm. treat them accordingly so it's really about the people that do well are those that embrace the platinum rule. Stop Mm -hmm. trying to make everyone treat everyone like you want to be treated. Instead, learn how others like to be treated and do that. So I think people who are adaptable, people that can embrace the platinum rule. And the last thing is people that can naturally have a little bit of empathy and a little bit of grace. Mm -hmm. We make a lot of assumptions about people's behaviors, about who they are. And when we can stop ourselves from making those assumptions, then we can be much more strategic and thoughtful about how we want to interact with them.
1: Mm-hmm. So I true. I had a boss once that I learned that I had to ask, her. I tried to keep it all professional. And then she really <laughs> wanted to be asked about her weekend and asked about her boyfriend. And it kind of killed me a little bit at the beginning, but then I realized like through starting the conversation on the social thing and asking about those things, then we would get into the work stuff also. And she just liked me more. And because mm-hmm. she liked me more, she wanted to give me more things to do. Mm-hmm. And so while I wasn't being a phony kiss up, I learned her love language, a.k.a. tell me about you. And (laughs) all of a sudden things got better with our relationship because I read her room versus expecting her to read my, you know, just like me for my talents or whatever.
2: I love that Liz. It sounds like you had a harmonizer, right? But you know, what did it cost you? What did it cost you to give her an extra two or three minutes of your attention, right? It didn't change who you are. It helped who you are. And now when you meet people like that, you're much more able to be like, tell me about yourself mm-hmm. <laughs> every time that you care, but, but you gave her what she needed in order to build trust yeah. with you and build that relationship. That is a very impressive story. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much. <laughs> I do love talking about reading the room. And yes. and that's really what you're saying is read them, which is An important quality for sure. You
2: have to, yeah, you have to pay attention to, you know, how they like to communicate. Are they task-focused or Uh, Mm relationship-focused? What's their time orientation? Are they super hyper fast-paced or are they more slow-paced, you know? What's their work style? Do they like a lot of information or a little information? Like, really read how they operate and take a look at how you operate. Then Mm -hmm. you simply assess the gap. How are you alike? How are you different? And then Mm -hmm. you get to decide what you want to do differently. Cause you can't change them. You can request stuff from them, but you can't mm-hmm. change them. Right? right. So I often recommend if people do like, if your workforce, if your workplace uses like personality styles or things like that, those can be great windows into mm-hmm. people's operating behavior. So do what yeah. you can to really learn about the other person, but don't judge them. Because what I see happen is that people start judging other people. Mm-hmm. I will have clients come to me and say, Well, my boss, she just wants to get promoted. Or my boss, mm-hmm. he just wants to look good for his boss. Or my boss, they just want to get accolades. And I'm thinking, Big deal, don't you? Are like, you? don't yeah. you? Like, don't <laughs> like, why are you like just, you know, stomping all over somebody else's mm-hmm. goals and priorities, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to agree with what your boss wants to see mm-hmm. happen, but you need to learn what's important to them. As you said, Liz, what is their love language? Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
1: It's so true. And it's just about, they want to get promoted. How can you help them so that you then can go along with them? That's
0: right. How can you help them look good?
1: Yes. But I love a manager or, and I tell managers like, find out, ask the person, would you rather me call you, email you or Slack you? Like, how do you like to communicate? And bosses should share that with their employees as well. Like, how do you interact? And the more we know about each other, the more we can tailor our interactions so that it starts on a comfortable playing field.
2: I love that. And so whenever I do my workshops, and if any of your listeners want this, I can send it to them. I I talk about the conversation template. Talk about Mm -hmm. here are like the 12 or 15 questions that you should ask your boss. And yes, Mm -hmm. yes, 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 people, Mm -hmm. your boss should have had that. I call it the preferences, priorities, and pet peeves conversation. Mm -hmm. Yes, your boss should have had had that conversation with you. But if they didn't, so what? It's your job now to go have it with them. And it's a whole Mm -hmm. list of questions that people, bosses, and employees should ask and answer. To do exactly what you said, really build that shared framework for how this relationship is going to work. And now, by the way, that we are all working virtually, even if you had that conversation before when you were co-located, it is the perfect time to go have that conversation again and Mm -hmm. put it into the framework of how are we going to engage with each other now that we're virtual or hybrid, as
0: some people may be Mm -hmm. going back to. And it's not too late to have that conversation, even if you've been remote for a year.
2: That's mm-hmm. right. You know, and now it's actually probably a great time mm-hmm. to have it because mm-hmm. now you're doing a check-in. So I've been making these assumptions, <laughs> like just want to check, because the truth is when we first started, your boss may have needed you to check in a lot more, right? Mm-hmm. Or, and now maybe they're like, yeah, no, just call me if you're in jail. Like you don't know like what they want now. So like, it's a perfect time, Kat. You're absolutely right to check in, have that check-in. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to do it one-on-one, do it as a team. Like there's mm-hmm. lots of ways to make it. I don't know why people are so afraid to have this conversation. I was doing a huge workshop for a bunch of lawyers and lawyers. Are you guys lawyers? Lawyers can be challenging to try to do these soft skills. I had one young lawyer. She's like, okay, I'm going to do this, Mary, but I don't think it's going to go well. And I'm like, (laughs) all right, all right. So a week later, I get an email from her. She's like, oh my God. She goes, I had the conversation with my boss. It changed the entire dynamic, not only of my relationship, with his relationship as a team. She goes, and I also, because I know what you said about introverts, I emailed him my questions ahead of time so he could right. think about that. And she is just like one of many success stories that mm-hmm. say when they have it, it could be a real game changer.
1: For sure. So if someone doesn't embody these traits, like they don't naturally read the room well, or they they're not great at figuring out someone else's language, how do they get better at it? Like, how do you get better at managing up?
2: Well, you number one have the conversation. Don't be also don't be afraid to get feedback. Mm -hmm. Number two, in my book, there's a lot of different frameworks that you can look at. So Mm -hmm. train yourself. Number three, look around to see who else is being successful with that boss. Right. Mm-hmm. And instead of saying, oh my God, they're a suck up. That's why they're, you know, Liz is a suck up. That's why her boss keeps giving her, you know, she's their favorite. Well, you might be the favorite because you're doing something that mm-hmm. that boss really appreciates. So mm-hmm. don't naturally be like, oh my God, be like, huh, how are they interacting? Go talk to that person. Yes. If you don't to have the conversation, with the boss, go say, Hey, Liz, I see that you're working really well with your boss. Like what is it? What advice can you give me? Mm-hmm. And what am I not doing? Right. What can I do more or less of or differently? So there's lots of different ways to do it. But people have to be willing to develop a little self-awareness, mm-hmm. right? A little self-awareness, understanding a little bit of like some self-responsibility to figure out and some willingness to actually try some new things.
1: Absolutely, mm-hmm. go ask people. Love helping people. Oh, Kat, will you tell me how you do this so well? Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. like people love to help people in yep. that way. They do. Don't be afraid. It's okay. <laughs>
2: one of, one of my first bosses was a micromanager, and she was just oh, she was brutal. I do not like to be micromanaged. I'm very <laughs> a, I'm a bossy boots myself. So I'm like. Mm. Mm-hmm. So what I started doing to deal with this, and by the way, if anyone's listening, this trick works. So for my micromanager, I decided to start flooding her with information. Yes. Now this yes. is 20th century. So there was an email, but what I did every day is I print out this big to-do list of all my projects. And I put a copy of it on her chair, in the, on her desk uh. in the morning before she got there. And then I updated it again every evening. Okay. Now for the first two weeks, what she started to do is she started to like make a little micromanaging nitpicky notes. Uh. And then I realized, oh my God, the order of the projects matter. So I switched the order up so that things that she thought were important, which weren't, I put it half (laughs) and then- There you you go. And so I slowly, after a period of a couple of weeks, I reduced it to once a day, then once every other day, then twice a week. And after about six weeks, I was giving her one to-do list a week. And then guess what happened? she left me alone. I got okay. my own yeah. office. She never bothered me again. Mm-hmm. Those to-do lists actually turned out to be my resume for my next job. Right. Cause I had a list <laughs> of everything I did and people used to come and ask me how I did it. Now I will confess I was young and selfish. And oh. so I didn't tell anybody because sure. I was afraid if they knew my right. secret, yeah. she'd come back around. But yeah, but if you could ask me now, I would tell them there's always something you can try.
0: Now you're older and wiser and are more willing to share your secrets. Now I wrote a book who shared the secrets. I love that because I think, you know, especially with new managers who are new, like the next level up, I think they may not have a manager who's hands on. And one of the challenges there is that the manager may not, if they're not asking the right questions, they don't know what the person is doing. And so I tell people at that level or anyone, right, really, if they're not asking the questions, it's your job to make sure that they know what you're working on and what your challenges are. Kat, I love that. That, you know, that's a piece of advice I heartily endorse. Mm -hmm. I
2: never assume that your boss knows what you've accomplished. Mm -hmm. Never assume your boss knows what you're working on. Never assume your boss knows how valuable you are. It is your job to actually keep them in the loop and keep them apprised of your productivity and your fabulosity. That's especially true now that we are virtual Mm because they're not seeing you every day. Whether you're doing it like once a week or on a daily basis, I'm working on this today, this got done... Keep Mm -hmm. your boss in the loop. Stay on their radar. I love that, Kat.
1: I could not agree with you more because I think, like, let's say a boss, generic boss, they have 10 direct reports. Now, for each of those direct reports, like, I'm all in my own world. For that boss, they've got their own deliverables, plus overseeing those 10 people's deliverables. Like, the easier it is for you to keep them posted, like, you can't assume that they're all, what is Mary working on today? Like, (laughs) they've got that times 10 plus managing their own boss's expectations. Mm -hmm. So again, give it to them on a silver platter. They'll appreciate it. And if they don't, good boss, you say, you know what, Mary, I do not need a daily to-do list from you. I trust you. And I know you're doing a good job. Fabulous. And so the power of the CC can, you know, goes under Mm -hmm. that whole thing Mm -hmm. and all of that.
2: No, you are so right, Liz. I mean, give until they tell you they don't want it, right? Yeah. You know, like, and I, I totally agree with the power of the CC, which is part of the conversation you're going to have with your boss. Like, how do you want to be copied? Like, yes. I'm a very hands-off boss with my team. Very mm-hmm. hands-off. I'm kind of a ghost boss. But... I need to know what's going on, right? Sure. So I'm uh-huh. constantly reminding them CC me. I'm not going to dive into your projects, but you know, because I'm the face of the organization and many levels. You know, a clients going to be like, oh, I heard you. I heard your company was doing for this for us, and I'm like, what? What we were like? I don't want to look like an idiot. So right.
1: nobody likes surprises. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Can we talk for a minute about how people can navigate? Because something you said in the beginning, Kat or Liz, was like, now that we're working from home and everything is blurred, I also want to encourage people to really... Don't be afraid to negotiate with your boss or your manager about your workplace boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're seeing this with your clients, but homeschooling, elderly parents, like bandwidth problems just on the Wi-Fi, you know, conference mm-hmm. right. cause problems. Like I, I really think this is a time for people to have good, open, transparent conversations with their managers about their work boundaries, about their work environment, about what they can and can't do, when they can and can't work. And to really try to negotiate as much as you can. And for managers listening, try to be as flexible as you can. Like the straight nine to five probably isn't going to be work for, you know, hundred percent of your, of your people,
0: maybe 50%. Mm-hmm. So negotiate. So Mary, in your book, you talk about different types of bosses. And can you tell us kind of the main categories you have that you see for bosses in the workplace? Yeah. So I kind of break it down
2: into three categories. Your normal bosses which are diverse, which may or may not be mm-hmm. difficult for you, you know, on how, <laughs> who you are. And so normal bosses are, are things like introverts or extroverts. I think we tend to forget about that. And that mm-hmm. has a lot of influence, however, people show up. And then uh, four more normal bosses are your advancers, your harmonizers, your evaluators, and your uh, energizers, right? So these are all a little bit different personality types that show up in the way we lead. Then I break it down into difficult bosses. And the difficult bosses are not necessarily difficult people, although they can be but their style of managing is traditionally kind of difficult for most people. And these are bosses like your micromanagers, uh-huh. your impulsives, your seagulls, your ghost <laughs> bosses, your workaholics, your friend boss, you know? Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> so you these are our... Again, they're not bad people, but their style of management is just like oh, really difficult for many people. And then the third category of bosses are the bosses that not aren't just difficult, but are the truly toxic bosses, the mm-hmm. truly terrible. And these are the bosses who are who humiliate, who debase, who abuse physically and emotionally. These are your bullies, your screamers, your charters, your narcissists. Like these are the mm-hmm. people that are beyond the pale. These are the people that I actually think are bad people, and they mm-hmm. create toxic work environments. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how I break it down. For each of these categories, each of these different personality types or boss types, you know, it's about finding the right strategies that are going to work with this boss. Because the mm-hmm. same strategy that's going to work for a workaholic may not work for a micromanager mm-hmm. and definitely not for a ghost boss. So you've got to really figure out uh, who your boss is, what they op- how they operate, and your, the style that you're going to bring forward in that relationship.
1: And we uh, realize you wrote the book on this, right? Yes. So there's a whole book on this. But could you give us a little bit high level, some high level nuggets on kind of keys to each of these categories and even like that toxic category, I know there are people out there like, tell me what to do, (laughs) you know, so help us on a high level.
2: All right, great. So I'll just pick i will just pick one from each category and give right. you an example. All right, so let's say you have an introverted boss. And introverts, of course, are people who uh, get their energy from within. Uh-huh. They have a lower threshold for external stimulus. So an introverted boss probably isn't walking around the office going, how you doing? How you doing? <laughs> they're not picking up the phone and calling you, especially uh-huh. remote. They may have disappeared. They could be sitting right next to you in the workplace and instead of talking to you, they're going to just send you an email. This is the introverted boss. So if you have an introverted boss, you're going to want to be a little bit more Proactive about reaching out to them because if you're going to wait for an introvert to reach out to you, you're going to be reaching out for a very long time, my friends. Right? So get on their calendar now. They're going to cancel half those meetings, I promise you, because that's what we introverts do. At the end of the day, we're tired. But stay on their calendar and really kind of get on their calendar and get their needs. You're also going to want to make sure that when you meet with them, that you give them time to speak. So let them know ahead of time what you want to talk about. Like my team, we have this rule. Like if If you want to talk to me on the phone, for goodness sake, you have to text me first (laughs) so I can prepare my introversion Uh for this conversation. Uh Uh And lastly, if you have an introverted boss, you really, really have to manage your excessive social chatting. Like you do not want to be like, uh, you know, chatty Kathy, pull that string and like, come on out. Like that will drive Uh them away. Like just kind of embrace their need for a little bit of silence and bringing it down a notch.
0: Say what needs to be said.
2: Are you guys introverts or extroverts? we are ambiverts. Oh, nice. Now, so then for the other four, like, you know, the different, like, let's say that you have a boss who is an evaluator. An evaluator boss is somebody who is very like Dr. Spock, right? Very uh-huh. task-oriented, very non-personal, very process, rules sort of thing, and who really loves details and accuracy. So if you're, I think of like of a scientist, right? Uh-huh. So if you're working for a boss like that, you better learn to love the details, and you better be prepared when you meet with them to have the facts, not the alternative facts, but the real facts. To understand, like that boss wants to see the forest, they want to see the trees, and they want to double check to make sure those trees belong in that forest. So you want to, you want to, you know, look at that. So really find out what it's important to them. Now, difficult bosses, we talked about the micromanager, right? So that's one difficult boss. You got to flood them with information. You're gonna hate it. But micromanagers have the higher need for information, inclusion, and control. And the goal here is to build trust with them. And they're only going to trust you once they have seen that you are going to do things the way they expect them. Once they have that certainty and your competency, then you will get your autonomy, but not before. So you can resist the micromanager all you want. It's not going to do you any good until they get what they need. Now the toxic bosses, they're a whole nother story. So, you know, I hope that nobody listening has a toxic boss, but if you do, I'm here to tell you that I want you to get out. I want you to save yourself. Wait, no, there's too many organizations that do not take action against toxic bosses and working for a toxic boss will make you sick. Uh Study after study shows that it will damages your physiological health, your physical health, your emotional health, and your psychological health. They're actually comparing it to PTSD because it can take up to two years to survive a toxic boss. Mm -hmm. So do what you can to protect yourself while you were there, spiritually, emotionally, and physically, and make a plan to get out. We couldn't agree with you more on that, Mary. Yeah.
1: There's a point, right? Like there's that micromanager that's super annoying, but like they're kind or whatever, and you can manage their expectations and kind of you can micromanage them out of their micromanagement, and that yep. and then everything is all good. But you've got that narcissist, a word that Kat and I have used in prior thing podcasts is asshole boss, <laughs> and there's nothing you can do, you can't make an asshole a not asshole, Mm-mm. no, and you so can't. then.
0: You can't coach them either, right? No. It's just you just have to no. deal until you get out.
2: Yeah. The thing with the narcissist is we both remember they got to where they are in the organization. And we're rewarded for it, you know? And all yep. too often, they're the brilliant jerks and organizations that are high producers or they're yeah. deeply connected someone at the top or they are sitting at the top. There is not any initiative for them to change. If you mm-hmm. have a narcissist, this is my one my one exception to the rule about not sucking up. If you have a narcissist oh. boss, sycophants are the ones that survive. So you better mm-hmm. be prepared to fluff that ego a little bit because that is how you're going to survive. Mm-hmm. The other thing about narcissists is if you find yourself working for for one, assess is it worth it and for how long? Right. I will say this, narcissists, as you know, can be very successful people. They mm-hmm. rise to the top of organizations, the top of businesses, the top of political structures. Mm-hmm. And so if you work with them for a while, you could further your career. Mm-hmm. Which you can't do it for too long because what's going to happen is people are going to think you're a sycophant. They're going to mm-hmm. think that you are a suck up. So you want to make sure that you protect your professional image, but you also have to protect your self-esteem because a narcissist is going to raise themselves up by lowering you down.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, and you have to like look at soul sucking versus energy giving activities. (laughs) So like it might suck your soul to be like, Oh, you were so great at that bossy boss. And there's a balance there because if you just have to tell them once a day that they're fantastic, fine, whatever. But if it's like this constant drain on you, that's, got huge consequences for you. And you've got to find a place that doesn't suck your soul like that, especially yeah. with all of the global soul sucking that is happening <laughs> These
2: right. Days. right. I love that. You know, it can be helpful if you can find something that you genuinely do appreciate about mm-hmm. the narcissist. Yes. So you don't feel like you're just, a, you. otherwise you're going to feel slimy about yourself
0: mm-hmm. all the time. It's,
2: yes, it's, yes. It's, a, it's a choice we have to make, but yeah. But that's the only time people you're allowed to suck up
0: is when you have a narcissist. S-str- strategic yes. sucking up for narcissists, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right? So Mira, you have a fabulous uh, talk on LinkedIn. you about working in a remote environment. And we spoke a little bit about this earlier, but maybe you could speak a little bit to, to giving tips to people who are more junior on how, how to manage up in a, in a remote environment.
2: Okay, well, first of all, you want to, I know you've heard us talk about the conversation, but I really recommend junior people you have that conversation about how to work remotely. Yeah. And we can send you some questions, but you want to find out how they prefer to engage, how often they want to be engaged, what they want to hear from you about. You definitely want to stay on their radar as much as possible, especially if your organization goes to a hybrid situation. Mm-hmm. Because you're more junior, you do want them to know what you're doing. So mm-hmm. you want to really keep on their radar with what you're doing. Do what you can to build relationship don't be afraid to invite your boss for a virtual coffee mm-hmm. keep it short but make it meaningful yeah. reach out to your colleagues as well this is really important so as I know it's crazy working from home and and everyone has crazy schedules but you do want to make sure that you are you ask your boss what is the preferred communication channel mm-hmm. and you monitor yours so uh, there's nothing that's gonna like ruin trust if your boss sends you an email but you're more interested in slack or text Mm-hmm. And you don't see that email for an hour. Mm-hmm. Speedy response times are crucial for building trust mm-hmm. during virtual work, even mm-hmm. if your email is literally like, got it, be back in five minutes, or mm-hmm. I'll be on this in an hour. We, had two years ago, we had to fire an intern over this, uh, which is so hard. So we, you know, so my company's virtual. We're, we work with each other virtually, but we work uh-huh. with our clients. Well, we used to work with our clients uh-huh. in person, and we hired an intern, and we kept saying, "So we communicate the, via email within the company. Uh-huh. That's how we do it." And he just kept texting us. He never checked his email, and so <laughs> we had we talked to him three times, saying, "Like Adam, you've got to start." Email. And then the fourth time I had my director of training fire him. I'm just like, and he's like, oh, you guys were serious about the email? <laughs> we were like, yes. He now works for Congress. Um, so um, <laughs> uh, the other thing I want to recommend uh, young people do is check in and get feedback. Schedule a time, I don't know, in the next week or two, just to do a little bit of feedback around what's working well and what's not working well with the virtual engagement. Really take the time to be like, are there things I could do more of, less of or differently now that you've been in there? I also want young people to really not, to not be afraid to take some initiative. Like if you see something that can be improved, then make the suggestion, bring it to your boss's table. If you see something that will help the team operate better, effectively, virtually, bring that to the table. Mm -hmm. And then my last tip for the junior people is stay positive. Mm-hmm. stay positive, show a little concern for your boss. I had a, a CEO go to tears with me the other day. Cause she said for the first time in the pandemic, one of her employees asked her how she was doing, like oh. be kind, show some compassion. Mm-hmm. Some and by the way, your boss is going to remember the people that during this were like, yes, we can do it. We can mm-hmm. make this happen. Yeah. And those that were like, wah, wah, wah. Be the be the proactive, positive and supportive
0: person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And don't be a complainer. Oh my God, they're the worst. And it impacts oh. your career. It really impacts oh. your career. And you
2: know, what I think people don't realize is even if you're not complaining to your boss, when you're complaining to other people, that news gets around mm-hmm. and then you get labeled
0: as a complainer <laughs> and nobody likes that. Yeah. You need to save your complaining for your friends outside <laughs> of the work environment. <laughs> outside. If you, need, if you, you know, we all need to decompress. We all need to kind of, you know, complain occasionally, right? Well, then, but, do, do but do it outside.
1: And if you're doing it inside your job, like if I'm saying to Kat, Kat, this is not working for me that we only have team updates once a month or whatever. Do you want to go together to the boss and we talk about maybe making those once a week or like mm-hmm. you can have a constructive criticism with an action plan. And sure. that's not Debbie Downer. That's, this isn't working. Let's fix it. Mm-hmm. That's positive.
0: Yeah. That's coming to the conversation with a solution to a problem.
1: If junior people learn one
2: thing, that is it. Inside of every complaint is Mm -hmm. a request. Find it and learn how to make it. Every complaint has a request and you want to be able to make the request to your boss. That's going to show how it's helpful to them, how Mm -hmm. it's helpful to the organization and how it's helpful to you. And you also want to be able, when you're making that request, to tell them how you are going to actually make it happen, right? You're not going to dump it on the boss for the Mm -hmm. action item, but you've thought about this. Here's my request and here's what I'm going to do to help make this request happen. It is such a, Fabulous thing for young people to learn because once Mm -hmm. they get into that complaining mode, that's the victim mode. Mm -hmm. And you are shooting your career dead in the foot if you don't learn how to take action for your career.
1: Mm A hundred percent. So, you teach a lot about like introverts and extroverts and energizers, advancers, evaluators, harmonizers, all and how to work with everybody. But, what are your suggestions for people who want to be authentic? Like, if I'm an authentic introvert, but I have a boss who's like extra, extra, like, (laughs) How do you tell people to work with people that are fundamentally like a different type of person than they are?
2: I love that. I say grow some muscle on the other side of your personality. I hear this a lot. People are like being, oh, but you know, authentically, that's not authentic for me to chit chat with people. That's not authentic for me to do that. And here's what I say to people. Your authenticity isn't about who you are in isolation. <laughs> your authenticity comes through like what you believe in your values and how you can relate to other people. Yep. Because ladies, authentically, I am a truck driver that, want, that can <laughs> swear like a sailor someday. That's my hope. That is who I am authentically. I am salty mm-hmm. language. I knew, but, I, you, <laughs> I knew I liked you, Mary. I knew I liked you, sir But does it make me inauthentic if I don't drop an F-bomb when mm-hmm. I'm talking to clients? clients? Does it make me inauthentic if I'm not mm-hmm. dropping an F-bomb on stage? No, I'm still bringing myself and my values to the table. Mm-hmm. So you want to bring your best authentic self for the situation that is called for, right? Yes. Uh, so that's what I say to people. Don't get all wrapped up into like, oh, I'm an introvert and I don't like chit chat, so I'm not going to do it because it's inauthentic. I call it bull hockey sticks on that. And That's just
0: going to limit someone's career. Right? Oh, I mean, yeah. sure, there, there are times when I don't Really want to talk, but <laughs> guess what? Most of my job is about talking. So, yeah. what, you know, you have to kind of rise to the occasion. And so what if you ask a question that's chit chatty, right? That, that's how exactly. we—that's how we grow relationships.
2: It doesn't cost you anything, but like a couple of seconds of energy. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing about being kind. or saying you're yes. sorry. It's yes. free. Just do it. You know, Kat is so funny when you said that because there's never been a meeting that I've had to go to that I didn't secretly hope the other person would cancel right before we went. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I would. Mean, if I had my others. I would literally, literally never leave my house and not talk to anybody. it be just re- as happy. The relief yes. that comes with the cancellation. <laughs> if you're like, oh, Mary, I'm so sorry. I have to cancel reschedule. And I'm just like, oh, that's okay. It's okay. And I'm like doing the happy dance, right. you know?
1: <laughs> but it's also, I think, you know, the, the extra is like, yeah, everyone, we're going out after work. It's Friday. woohoo, oh. boss. And you're like, oh, the introvert's like, all I want is my couch and my Netflix. I, I would push them to say, go out. For a drink. You do not have to stay out with Crazy Bossy Boss until 2 a.m. That's right. But you've got to go for a drink and maybe stay till 9. At, yeah. least yeah, right. At least
2: occasionally. At least occasionally. That's right. That's yes. how relationships are built. And it's, you know, we have to take the active choices to get the career that we want. And if mm-hmm. probably the career that you want requires a, an occasional going out for a drink, then do it or for soda or whatever. You don't have mm-hmm. to even drink. No, but of it's course like, not. stop resisting what's reality, right? Because mm-hmm. that's not going to help you. And now that we're just talking about introverts and extroverts for a minute during this quarantine, if you have an introvert boss, don't let them disappear. Like, you yes. talk to Kat because she's mm-hmm. probably happy on email. Uh, <laughs> and if your boss is An extrovert, then pick up the phone, have Mm -hmm. a conversation, go on mm -hmm. Zoom. They may be feeling lonely. So,
1: extroverts are are suffering the worst right now. They are. They (laughs) They really are. So, are you an extrovert? She can't. I'm I'm both. (laughs) I'm a true Gemini. So I am Ah, a true ambivert where I am introverted, but also extroverted. Mm -hmm. But I do think that you have to meet people where they are and also understand where they are and also know your own limitations, but push those boundaries. So I really like that advice.
2: I agree with you about knowing your own limitations. That's so key. I always say like, you've got to manage yourself first before you can manage your relationship with others. Yes. I I really know who you are.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: After all, we are CEOs of our own careers, right? I mean, we are leading ourselves first. So I think Mm -hmm. everyone is a leader in some, in some aspect. Yes, the definition is, you know, someone who leads others, but the way that you get there is you lead yourself well.
2: Yeah. And I love that you said that because I love millennials and Gen Z love, 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 love Mm -hmm. them. And my concern about their career management is that I think that so much of they got so many rubrics for success through school and things like that and so many adults invested in their success. Yes. I'm not sure they really quite understand that they are the CEO of their own career yes. that they really have to make things happen mm-hmm. and they're
0: not going to get an award just for attendance.
2: No, and like <laughs> so many organizations don't really do career pathing very well yes. uh-uh. you know and I think I want young people to know when you go into an organization, some do, some have great career pathing career planning for you but most companies don't. So you really do have to become the CEO of your own career to really figure out your own path.
1: Yep. And they'll never figure out what you want to do. That's right. (laughs) That's right. They just won't. Mary, we could
0: just talk to you for hours and hours and hours. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on today and joining us and having this fabulous chat. We want you to plug, tell us, (gasps) tell us where we can find you, tell us where we can get your book and all that other stuff.
2: All right. All right. So uh, you can get the book, Managing Up, How to Move Up, When at Work and Succeed with Any Type of Boss from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anybody. like. it. was published by Wiley. You can go to managingupthebook.com. You can find me on LinkedIn, at Mary Abajay, on Twitter, at Mary Abajay, on Facebook, at Mary Abajay, on Instagram. Guess what? Where? At Mary Abba no right. So find me. <laughs> I try
1: Excellent. to make it
2: easy. So just find me, do a LinkedIn with me, text me. My website for the company is careerstonegroup.com. Just don't call me because I don't answer my phone unless you text me first. <laughs> I love to hear from readers and from listeners. i a company, we do lots of workshops on managing up and a whole bunch of other workplace soft skills. So yeah, awesome. call me. And by cool. call me, I mean text me, email me. <laughs>
1: Perfect. Well, thank you so much. This has been so enlightening for us and I know it will be for our listeners. So thank you so much. You guys were a blast. Thank you. I can't wait for someday
2: maybe to have a cocktail and continue this conversation in person. Oh, that would be fun. That would be super
0: fun. That
2: would be awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Bye, everybody.
1: This is Real Job Talk, a podcast about jobs, careers, and what's not said at the water cooler.
0: Our website with all Real Job
1: Talk related information is realjobtalk.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please send us your questions, topics you'd like to talk about, and Real Job Talk stories. And you may find them featured on a future episode. Use the website or email us at realjobtalk at gmail.com.
0: You can follow us on Twitter at Real
1: Job Talk. And on Instagram and Facebook at Real Job Talk Show.
0: My name is Kat Troyer. You can find me on Twitter at DailyCat And on LinkedIn, you can find me via Kathleen Nelson Troyer.
1: And I'm Liz Bronson. On Twitter, I'm at Liz Beaks and Salt. And on LinkedIn, I'm Liz Bronson.
0: Real Job Talk is a tech reckoning production. Our producer is John Mark Troyer. Our graphic artists are Lexi and Zachary Bronson. And we're here by the water cooler waiting to talk with you.